All right. Uh, what is the intro again? It's. Uh... Hello and welcome to another episode of the Clever Kids Podcast. It's a weekly podcast where three brothers talk about a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. I am your host. My name is Tyler, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and brothers, uh, Jeffrey. How are you doing, Jeffrey? Doing well. Just got back from visiting you guys up in the Pacific Northwest. How are you guys? Uh, well, who's our other co-host, Jeff? You introduce him. Uh, he's not important. <laughs> Brian, how are you doing? Bonjour. Cool. All right. That didn't answer my question <laughs> at all. Um well, I didn't this know how to week? answer it in French. I thought you were just going to announce me, and then it would have made sense. So thanks thanks for ruining that. Um, this week uh, should come as no surprise. We are talking about the newest Marvel movie to hit uh, screens, uh, Black Widow. And this is going to be – I'm just going to go ahead and say we're going to spoil this from the jump. Like, I'm not – like, we can do and try to do a non-spoilers, but, like, don't listen to this if you haven't seen the movie because we're not going to talk about it in any serious way that won't spoil everything. Um, that being said, does anyone have, like – do we just want to just say if we liked it and then just jump into spoilers? Full yeah. spoilers? All right. I, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I liked it quite a lot. It was nice to get back in – I don't know if it was just being in a movie theater – um, that I really liked, but I enjoyed seeing it on the big screen. Um, I thought it was a it was a good story, um, a good way to kind of flesh out um, Black Widow and introduce some characters that we hadn't seen and probably never will again. But you know, it was it was fun. Um, that being said, I did have problems with it, and I wouldn't say that it was like you know perfect by any means. Um, but I, I enjoyed it, Brian. Uh, yeah, I was, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, to be completely honest with you. I, for some reason, I doubted the Marvel formula for, for a change. Normally I'm pretty convinced that they, they're just going to produce a solid movie regardless, but for some reason with this one, I don't know, the trailers, it was just giving me some Fast and the Furious franchise vibes where I thought, oh man, they're just going to go big and ridiculous and, and overcompensate and they, I, it just felt like another tried and true Marvel movie. So I, I liked it a lot. Jeff? Yeah. No, I mean, touches on uh, strong. I mean, I, I guess the same comparison to the uh, Fast and Furious films touches on the same concept of like family and, and extended family and what family can mean to different people. But I, I feel like it uh, felt more like the first Fast and the Furious movie than the, than the sequels in the sense that it did it well without uh, uh, being awful. Cool. All right. Well, then I'm just going to go ahead and say another spoiler warning from here on out. Full spoilers. Um, who had some questions? I have things to talk about, but I wanted to see, give you guys a chance to air grievances or any issues that you had with the movie. My Anyways. first question is, I, I want to make sure that I'm right in where this was in the storyline, because I guess my best indicator outside of what they actually said was uh, Natasha Romanoff's hairstyle. <laughs> kind of <laughs> indicates where, where it was because her hair changes a bunch. But um, my my understanding with this is she sided with the fugitives in Civil War 
And this is when she was on the run right after that movie. But what I'm asking more specifically is where does this slot in among the other films? Like if you were going to put everything on one timeline, where does this movie go? Is it sandwiched in between Civil War and the next one? Or is it like simultaneous with some other movie? Like where is it at? So the opening scene with her, uh, I don't know if it was not the opening scene, but the the first scene where you see her in like what what would be called present day for the setting of the film would be after she turns on T'Challa at the German airport in the middle of civil war, Captain America and, uh, and I think it's just Captain America jumps in a plane and flies off to the Russian prison to go find uh, Baron Zemo, who's about to free all the the winter soldiers uh, and Black Panther's going in to go stop him. And Natasha turns around and starts hitting him with these taser blasts to buy enough time for Captain America to escape. So in doing that, Natasha has sided with the fugitives. And then this happens immediately after that. She flees. Ross tries to track her down. And she's on a barge to, I don't know, wherever and goes off. And that's where the story starts. Okay. So so what I'm seeing here, I, I looked it up. From what I'm seeing here, okay. if okay, what the I like fuck how was you the ask the question me? and then yeah, I, I give you a long-winded response and he's like, okay, uh, go ahead and go fuck yourself. I looked it this up. This is this is confirmation, bro. You don't want the actual. I I had the confirmation. There was fucking the evidence. They told you when it took place. Well, I knew that it. Okay, so yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. I'm kind of trying to just get a little bit more specific here. <laughs> civil Civil War happens. The very next event is Spider-Man: Homecoming. The very next one is Doctor Strange. This is like in the actual timeline. Black Panther. Thor Ragnarok is technically before in the timeline. Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then Black Widow. Which means Black Widow comes right before Infinity War. Right. Which I find kind of interesting because um, by that the end of be... this movie, she didn't really have a whole lot of resolution. That can't be they true. They just kind of skip. Because in the film, spoilers, the very end of the film, Black Widow says, I need to go break some friends out of prison. That happens during the events of Civil War, where Captain America goes and frees all of his other fugitives from the raft. Right? Remember, remember Tony gets the note and the cell phone? And it's That's says, a cut scene at the end, right? Right. So that might be a jump ahead. That sure. doesn't necessarily mean that it was part of that movie. It was just a jump ahead scene. Right. So that doesn't necessarily mean that this is off in the timeline. It doesn't really give much of an explanation on this particular source about why it's there. Yeah. So the the um, interesting thing is, so Ant-Man and the Wasp takes place before Infinity Wars. And uh, in it, Scott Lang is under house arrest. Does that mean that he chose not to be broken out? Does that mean that they chose not to break him out? Or did that mean he broke out and then came back? Yeah. So so this one is showing Black Widows right after Civil War. So I'm going to assume what this, this is indicating between these two sources is that Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Thor Ragnarok, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Black Widow are all pretty interchangeable as far as where they hit in the timeline. I, yeah. Because they're so independent yep. of each other yep. that they're basically just kind of happening within the same span of months and there's just not enough clarity as to like whether Black Widow's thing happened right before you know T'Challa was dealing with his home country stuff. Um, I think that you know you can watch them in any order in that little section. 
Yeah, they're all happening in like the same two month period. That's a hell of a two months. Welcome yeah. to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Please have a seat. Make yourself at home. Um, so, beyond that question of timeline, um, did anyone have any specific questions about the plot or the story of this movie? I got I got a few thoughts here. It doesn't necessarily have to be a question, but um, I uh, did anyone else feel like they they wasted Taskmaster in this movie? Or how about not only just Taskmaster, but I didn't know Olga Kirilenko was going to be in the movie. Do you guys recognize her at all? Yeah, I did. Talking about the girl from Who is the she, Brian? She's no. the chick from uh, James Bond, right? Yeah, Quantum of Solace. She's the Bond girl in that. Um, so I think that she is an underrated actress who I think probably just made uh, some poor decisions in the movies that she was going to be in um, early in her career and then just hasn't really had the career that I think she could have had. Um, that being said, she's also extremely beautiful and, a, and I'm pretty sure a very successful uh, model. Um, so maybe she's doing fine. I don't know. Maybe she didn't want to be an actress. But when I saw her name in the opening credits, I was like, oh, I didn't know she was in this movie. I wonder what she's going to play. Then about halfway through the movie, um, I was like, okay, what's this twist going to be with Taskmaster? They're obviously going to show us who it is. And they kept talking about the dead daughter and how Natasha killed the daughter, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, it's going to be her. It's going to be Olga Kirilenko. That's cool. And then she shows up on screen to take the mask off. And it's an actress that's recognizable to some, most, I'd say. Um, she says three words total in her character. Uh, which was, is she dead? Is he dead? Excuse me, at the end. And that's all she got. And then she just puts them, like, they take the mask off, show who it is, see her, you see her face. Then they put the mask right back on her. Like, what a waste of that, of her as an actress. What was then, the point of having a recognizable face? Why not just random right, person? Right, exactly. I wonder how much she got paid for that. I was just Googling that. So she didn't die, though. That's important to note because maybe she's going to be back you know what i mean it's not very often that they don't kill off those minor villains so maybe she'll come back and you know be on her own and still have the same powers as taskmaster that being said they don't really do anything with taskmaster or show the character's power i keep wanting to say him because in the comics it's a man um but they don't show anything with like his ability that hit their abilities right like they show that scene of taskmaster in the room watching the tv of the avengers fight um where it's hawkeye versus uh black panther excuse me um and and then there's that one fight scene on the bridge with natasha where she's where the character the villain is replicating i'm having a real hard time with this pronoun game here uh where taskmaster is is showing the abilities that he had she has from from learning from watching all the different people fight um which was cool but then we don't really get any other real moments of taskmaster being a badass which yeah. not that taskmaster is like deathstroke or something some big villain from the marvel universe he's a well-known villain from the marvel universe but you know still not you know not a huge slight against the marvel I canon think, but it's a character with an in interesting general. set of powers that could have i think been visually stunning to watch and they really even when he was fighting David Harbour's character, Red Guardian, they just kept 
cutting away and not showing any of the fight really that's what i was gonna gonna say i think in general this movie could have been five minutes longer i I think that it could have been a massive fight scene between red guardian and taskmaster you could have had florence Pugh fighting uh several of the black widows kind of like natasha was um, i think it's pew pew sure it's not it's not and, pug and uh you could have had Florence pew fighting <laughs> fighting multiple black widows kind of like how they had natasha fighting at the end um which could have been badass you could have had also natasha fighting well like it should have been like three different epic fight scenes where you're just like constant action for about five minutes on screen i would have loved that and instead they're like they they build up this massive red guardian angst throughout the entire film just to not show you what happened yeah, not and, to show him fight. And I would have really liked to see him fight. Because actually, yeah, I don't know. So how did you guys feel about the top? Brian, you not knowing not very much about the character. How did you feel about like this sort of Terminator that they put in this on screen for us? Yeah, to be honest, there was something driving away yesterday that I couldn't shake about the like the climactic confrontation with Drakov and the, and the whole thing on the ship. And I thought there was something missing. And it really was that like villain like flexing their muscle part. I mean, it was kind of weak. Like, like Natasha was getting worked by a team of black widows, but at the same time, other than that, we got next to nothing. Drakoff didn't put up much of a fight otherwise. And so like, to me, taskmaster would have been that solution. And we just got almost nothing, which was unfortunate because taskmaster is the one that showed up throughout the film and could have easily been the real problem on that ship. And instead you, you see Taskmaster just going to town on Red Guardian for a couple of seconds and then getting imprisoned or whatever. But um, oh. I don't know. They, they could have done more with that. And it does, now that you mention it, seem like there was no point in signing um, a recognizable face up for that character because it could have been anybody and we would have got the same value. So I don't, I don't really I don't know understand why Olga was in there. I don't know if the directors were too afraid of making this film too similar to uh, Winter Soldier because there's mm-hmm. definitely some strong themes as far as like natasha going down the off. floating ship yeah. exactly and natasha being alone to go address the security council just like she did with nick fury and and in the winter soldier and and a shielded super soldier going head to head with the the nameless you know brainwashed assassin and um the yeah, third member funny. of the team <laughs> like and 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 unfortunately like i don't know if they were like oh we're already too similar so we don't i'm like no fuck it give us winter soldier part two like give us winter more soldier of the same shit the that we movies. fucking loved it yeah winter soldier is my favorite i, love I, that I would have been totally fine with yeah. It. yeah give us like i don't care how i don't like fuck it redo the exact bucky barnes captain america fight with the red guardian the taskmaster like you could even play it off by saying that taskmaster has watched that footage like it would be fucking epic yeah, but, and I just but think no. that Taskmaster's abilities would have been lent to like a really great action scene. So that scene on, with them on the bridge is really cool, but that's like the only true action scene that we get with Taskmaster actually being Taskmaster and not just driving a fucking tank through a city. You know yeah. what I mean? Which, don't get me wrong, that was a great scene too. I do wonder, I don't know this director uh, very well. Um, I forget her name. Um, but I... Uh, I do wonder, is a female director, um, I wonder if maybe it's just her style. She just doesn't really focus on the hand-to-hand combat, doesn't know how to shoot it, sort of the way that Christopher Nolan shied away from shooting a lot of combat with the Batman trilogy because Kate that's Shortland. not really – Shortland, that's right. Um, Nolan shied away from doing a lot of the fight scenes in the Batman films, um, and they, so there's a lot of quick cuts because he didn't really know how to shoot the action on it. 
Um, I don't think he had a visual for it. And I wonder if, if this director, um, you know, was facing a similar issue there. But I kind of was excited for a big bombastic Marvel, you know, knock them down, drag them out type brawl. You know, especially when you, you put a character like the Red Guardian in who is, you know, Russia's answer to Captain America and he has the super strength and, you know, which also. So <laughs> setting it in Russia brings some interesting issues in because Russia has the Winter Soldier, right? Um, well, Hydra. Or is Hydra, has... but they're in Siberia. Sure. Hydra infiltrated so, everything. Right. So Russia... I mean, I would assume Russia had the Winter Soldier program, right? As part of it. Sure. In in the comics, the Winter Soldier is a Russian agent. Right. That's what I thought. But so, in but in Marvel's DC, like the MCU, he's a he's German. Hydra. Yeah, he's Hydra, which he's is separate Hydra, which than is... the USSR. Tyler, I think you're flirting with uh, something that Jeff and I were talking about on the drive back. That's absolutely worth flushing out here. Which is, how can all these different secret organizations be? <laughs> completely under the radar like how many are there like and how do they keep popping up like jeff and i were joking around where you know how funny would it be if they ran a storyline where hydra was successful in over in infiltrating and overthrowing shield and then uh warmonger or killmonger decides to activate all the sleeper troops from wakanda and then all of a sudden all the black widows get activated and it becomes a villains versus villains organizations fighting for supremacy kind of thing like you've got like got all the that uh, would be an amazing movie (laughs) you've got all of the uh uh wakandan war boys versus all of the the black widows activated across the world versus all of the hydra sleeper cells versus versus all the versus all the scroll shape-shifting that have integrated in human society versus like in the fact that all of these are underground it's this trope of like oh there's a secret organization that's not even shield has figured out exists you know like oh wait the red room still exists how did they get under my radar and i'm like okay how long are we going to do this because your intel kind of sucks like literally your intel is to find these organizations and yet you guys continually find out that they've been going operating under your nose this whole time so like you guys kind of suck at this thing yeah they're not great at their jobs um that's to be certain um let's uh let's transition over to uh talking about some of the new characters and the the actors that portrayed them uh if you guys don't mind um as as uh we already talked about uh david harbour is in here as red guardian how did you guys find him in this okay i'll start i liked him quite a lot i thought he was really funny i think that he is a charming actor i just think that he just like there's something about his he has like a quality to him that is just like i think very entertaining um to watch so i i was happy with it i like that the idea of like a old captain america type who's like fat and and like reliving his glory days and all that shit i thought that was really funny um his introduction with the arm wrestling match in the prison was really funny too um yeah i don't know jeff what did you think I mean, I, I enjoyed it for, for what they did with the film. It, it definitely isn't the choice that I would have take. Like, I, I think they took a lot of liberties with these ultra-powerful assassins and the amount that they were willing to to- tolerate from their foster parents from 20 years ago. You can sit down and the mom's like, oh, sit up straight. And the Black Widow doesn't just like punch her in the face and be like, no, you sold me into slavery. Like, uh, fuck you. Um, I don't know. But they just kind of like revert back to this uh, childhood 
I mean, it's a movie, uh, Jeff. And I, I get that. Sure, it's a movie. It's a movie about the two strongest women in the world just taking orders from people that they cared about 20 years ago. I don't know. It, like That part, I was just like, yeah, sure, you guys are taking that liberty that these characters would behave that way, even though they, they probably wouldn't. But sure, if you guys want to push this whole family dynamic, <laughs> I it's fine. That, is that really what you have to say about this bit? Like, that's not... That's that's ridiculous jeff it's a move it's a it's a marvel movie like of course they're gonna do something stupid with the characters like just like steve rogers being like language like why would he be thinking that on a fucking mission to take down hydra or whatever you know the thing you gotta consider is like to the it's pointed out in the movie like that was the best time of their lives because it was the only time they've ever experienced anything resembling normalcy so totally ridiculous to think that they can like slip right back into this role of like these little girls in this family setting. But at the same time that like, that's the only time in their lives where they weren't just these like robotic assassins. And sure. So, but it was 20 years ago and they've had to literally murder hundreds of people since then. So I just like, I feel like it would be, I'd take a lot longer before they're just like, Oh my God, you're such an annoying older sister again. No, because they knew those people in that role in their lives. Like, I don't think it is that hard for it to slip right back. It's a little bit of a revertigo, man. Like, you just slip right back into uh, to the old role because that's how you know these people. Like, uh, we can't we can't pass that over. Great, how I met your mother reference. Thank you, it. thank you. But the point there is just I don't I don't know. I didn't have a hard time buying that. I think for me, um, yeah, I think that was fine. To be honest, I, I David Harbour killed his role. By the way, he was a. Uh, I think what, between yeah, him and Florence, I think between Puh. him and Florence, they both were like the highlights of the film for sure. Florence P. Pug. 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 I'm saying Pug. I'm saying Pug. I don't care. I don't even care. Um, yeah, Florence Pugh was the next one I wanted to talk about. I thought that she was really great. Um. I think that, you know, she's definitely going to become like, you know, some version of the Black Widow in the MCU, She's um, which cast, we can talk about. She is cast for a, a role Hawkeye. in the Hawkeye TV show. Right. And we can talk about the post credit scene coming up um, here in a minute and kind of what that means for the overarching character of Black Widow. But um, I think that she was really good. I thought she was really funny. Um I think that she's a really talented actress. She was in Midsummer last year, which was really crazy and fucked up. And then she was in um, Little, Little Women, Women the year before, which um, if you guys have not watched it, it's great. Um, and she was really good in it. And I thought she was really good in this. So, you know, I think a star has been born. I think she's, she, I hope she has like a really long lasting career in Hollywood. Cause I like, I think she's, she's a very talented actress. I don't get why um blah. I don't get why um everybody like Marvel keeps introducing people with Russian accents. Like they're not going to make them stick. They didn't do it with Scarlet Witch. She doesn't have an accent anymore. Um yeah, Natasha like, you know, she didn't ever have a Russian accent and I don't know why they introduce a full family of hers that does. You know, like just let them just not be Russian. That's fine. Like we get it. You know what I mean? Anyone? No one cares? Okay. Um, Jeff, what did you think of Florence? Puh. I thought she was great. I thought it was uh, I thought it was very entertaining. I thought she killed the action sequences. And uh, they played really well. There's a couple of different moments where she and uh, 
a couple of the characters have some awesome character moments that, uh, you know, Black Widow kind of being a uh, underappreciated member of the, or at least an underpowered member of the Avengers, um, putting her on the same level with people that have the same abilities and, and having her have that connection to them. Uh, it was awesome to see. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I thought, you know, it was, it, it, they definitely like slided Scarlett Johansson and that character in, in this Marvel universe, because she is the one female member from the original core team and to have not given her anything really like any sort of solo movie. Um, I, you know, I think was an, was a oversight for sure. Um, I think they're kind of, they're kind of starting to work to correct a lot of that stuff, but here's the thing, like her biggest comp in the original films, like her equivalent level character was Hawkeye and he didn't have anything. So like, in my opinion, from a character being able to carry their own slate of movies standpoint, I think their argument is it has nothing to do with her being female. It's, you know, her level of hero just was more of a side character in their original run of movies. Um, so, and, sure. but I think they did her justice. Like, I think this movie was great. Like I, you know, I think it really um, made up for that. And it seems like they're doing a lot more to diversify going forward. So I, I was kind of interested with that, um, that dude that was kind of like her friend that was supplying her that stuff. I really thought they were going to yeah. have some kind of love interest there. And I was cool with it. Like, I was like, Hey man, let's see what happens here. But they didn't end up committing <laughs> to that. Let's get it popping. Um, no, I think that she uh, – I'm glad they didn't do a love interest thing. I liked that actor as well. I don't know who he is, but I thought he was fun. Um, and, like, he's an interesting character, and I'm sure he'll show up in the Hawkeye series um, because he seems to be, like, sort of a spy. Yeah, he's kind of interconnected, and he kept hinting that he's got a whole network. Yeah. Hey, let me let me pivot here because I want to talk about David Harbour again um, with the the super soldier serum part of his character. Because sure. I, was, I was thinking about it, and he was talking about how he sees his contemporary being kept in America, which I thought was bizarre. Because, well, I guess it's maybe he just doesn't know about the uh, the black guy in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series that was like the original, or was like the next version of Captain America. I mean, like, maybe that is the guy that he's talking about. Because the part that I'm getting, just like he said, it was in '84 or '85 that he faced Captain America, his contemporary that he always had a mutual respect for. But Cap was under the ice, so how could he have done that? Right. So who was he fighting? Who is that story about? There yeah, is I'm having Captain trouble. America that they're missing right there. I'm finding this. Um, yeah, but that guy didn't get the Captain America label. That's why it was such a big deal for Falcon to take it on because that was black guys weren't allowed to carry that mantle. And that's why that guy's legacy got swept under the rug. So there's no Isaiah way. Bradley. So so let's talk about the super soldier thing for a second, because from my very casual observer understanding, the original Dr. Erskine creates um the super soldier serum in nazi germany and decides to flee with it with his research so that the nazis can't abuse it he works with the american government and creates captain america red skull is trying to do similar experimentation and comes up with a more perverse version of it is that correct no, Erskine was uh, first used his first attempt at the super soldier serum on Erskine. He messed it up. On, on, or, and, and it, or not on Erskine, on uh, Schmidt, who's the Red Skull. Oh, but he had bad parts of him that were emphasized. I mean, the, the serum just wasn't perfected. So it also turned his face to a red hardened skeleton face. Um, right. And then he perfects it and gives it to Captain America. Right. He defects, and then he perfects dies. it. And then the, the and, Nazis blow it up. 
And then from what I understood before watching these movies is that the ne the next thing we heard was that over the, the decades, people were trying to replicate his work to create more Captain Americas because he was the original great hero and we didn't have Thors coming out of the sky back then. So over that those decades, they were trying to replicate it. And the, the um, what we ended up finding was the Hulk where they were doing gamma radiation tests to try to do that stuff. And, you know, obviously there was an accident in that lab and the Hulk comes from that, but that came from them trying to replicate or somehow find another way to produce Captain America level heroes, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But now we're finding out that someone did have the ability to produce Captain Americas and Isaiah Bradley was a guy that wasn't long after Cap and was in the decades following. Correct? Mm -hmm. Where, where, who did his super soldier serum? What's the story behind him being produced if, if it wasn't Erskine? And most people didn't weren't even aware that it was a thing. Where did his come from? If I had to guess, uh, Tony Stark's dad. Um, I think maybe just a Russian scientist made one and it wasn't. Because in the comics, I'm pretty sure that Red Guardian has some sort of powers that are given by a, a sort of super soldier serum that is. And I was know, about to ask about just, him too. And, like, and we know that um, they were able to upgrade Bucky. Yeah. And yep. a bunch of other uh, Hydra, you know, and a bunch of other Winter Soldiers sitting on ice, you know, in Civil War. Like, right. so what was the big deal about them saying, oh, yeah, people have been trying for generations? You mean people have been succeeding for generations? Because it sounds like there were a bunch of Captain Americas running around. Yep, like, whatever. <laughs> suddenly this new lair opens up and there was a, like, everybody's Captain America. Like, you get to be oh, Captain yeah. America. You get well, to I mean. If you want to really get into it, all of the Marvel uni like superhero universe is almost essentially based on Captain America's abilities, like weapon. Well, that's why we're thing discussing that got, this that got Wolverine into what he is. That's based on trying to replicate a super soldier serum. The spiders that bit Spider-Man, they're based on they're trying to figure out a way to increase super soldier or create See, super soldiers. I actually Hulk, really like the that. Hulk, the gamma stuff. That's all trying to replicate a new super or create a new yeah. super soldier. All of I it is based on being Captain America. I really like that, that they have this one origin point that all these different things happen because they're like, dude, we nailed it. Perfect. The first time. Right. This guy was literally everything you could ever ask for in a superhero. All we need is just to produce more of him. And yet they just never quite seem to get it back to that. And like Cap is just the one time where it worked. I, I really enjoy that kind of undertone theme of the whole Marvel Universe. But, you know, you look back and Isaiah Bradley was him. You know, like the only reason why he's jaded is because of how he was treated for the color of his skin. But other than that, he was Captain America. David Harbour, the only reason why... You know, he's anything but it's because he was on the wrong side. But he, he like other than that, he's, you know, a, a seemingly good person at, at his core. And, you know, in the for formula didn't ruin him in any way. And so they were successful multiple times. I, but like we keep seeing these like layers of the onion peeled and keep more seeing more reveals that there are a bunch of Captain America's suddenly running around. It's just kind of I don't know, like it, it's kind of seems like it's kind of picking at that original storyline of like. They were trying to produce Cap, but never quite could because these guys seem like they were successful attempts. Sure, but I mean, realistically, if you look at all the things that have ever been designed, other people can build it. Once something is proven to be possible, someone else is going to be able to recreate that serum eventually. You can't expect that Erskine just somehow created the combination of chemicals that creates the super soldier serum and no one else could ever figure it out after 
dozens of years of I mean, experimentation. We, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they show that the guy fucking figured it like exactly the right formula and created a bunch of super soldiers, right? right. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, and we started seeing them popping up all over the place. Now, the interesting thing, and I, something that they touch on in the movie, but in like David Harbour expresses confusion, his character does, is him getting sidelined after his mission to America. So you're telling me that Drakov has a way to produce super soldiers like David Harbour's character. I, I don't, uh, Alexi. Yeah. He it has a way opens to, up some plot holes there. That's the part that he I was has a way to too. produce them successfully. And he, he takes the only one that he has and the dude's loyal to him. And it's just wants you know, to operate as an agent and he throws him in prison and then never produces any others. And doesn't give that ability to all the women that he's training. Right. Not even a single one of them. He's just like, uh, you know what? The super soldier thing is kind of overrated. I'm going to go back to having normal agents when this dude can throw cars and shit. Like, I don't understand why one, why Alexi was in prison, but okay, let's skip past that and just assume that he saw him as too much of a wild card or wanting to be too public with his powers. So I think, I think it was a pretty big allegory for Stalin and the way that he treated his allies. Like it was all about removing people that Stalin saw as a threat to his future the uh, uh, regime. I could buy that continuation, I right? Because like, what what David Harbor says in the film is, I don't know what I did wrong. I don't know if I said the wrong thing about his hair to someone in the party, or if I you know criticized one of his policies while I was drunk, or you know he's like, I don't know what the fuck I did, but I did something, and suddenly I was seen as an enemy of the state and thrown in prison. Like as soon as uh, Dra- Drakov saw him as a threat. He was like, holy shit, this guy has the ability to throw cars and might be seen, you know, as a legitimate heir to the Empire or something. So Drakov sidelined him so that he couldn't go on to become the symbol that Captain America is, right? If if Captain America wanted to take control of, of S.H.I.E.L.D. from Nick Fury, he probably wouldn't have that hard of a time doing it because he's the face of America and Nick Fury is a secret spy that no one's ever heard of. It's the same thing. I could thing. buy that. I, I totally buy that kind of uh, parallel. Um, and, and but the entire but thing I'm not hearing why Drakov wouldn't create more of those because guys, especially once he had the mind control. The entire it. thing about him having this the, the Black Widow program is that they're women that he can subjugate. They're the people that he can control and defeat if he needs to. But, you know, like Natasha, I wasn't going to kill him with a single punch, but if she could... And she got that punch off, he'd be dead, right? Like it's all about controlling the assets. So he doesn't want them to be more powerful than he is. He wants yeah. them to be deadly, but under his control, at least in my opinion. I mean, sure. Once you have full control of their mind and he has pheromones that stop them from harming him, like it feels to me like he should be like, yeah, I'm going to upgrade these guys so that I can do some real damage here. Like it just doesn't make sense to me that he's sidelining such a, a valuable thing. Sure. That's fair. I don't have an answer um, for that. How do we feel about um, Rachel Weiss in this movie? Daniel Craig's wife herself. Evie from The Mummy. Anyone? It's kind of a nothing character. Feel free to jump she, in, I she, anyone. I thought she was fine. I think I think for the most part, it felt like the... I could. I would almost have bought if they had made the storyline that all three of them were actually related instead of being three separate people. I'm talking about Scarlett Joe, Florence Poog, and uh, Rachel Weiss. Like, I would buy that they you know, we're all like, like a mom and her actual two daughters, like instead of them all being kind of patched together through the program. Like I, I thought that they were all pretty interesting picks. So I thought it was kind of funny that they ran with the storyline where they weren't actually related because I was like, eh, I would have accepted that. Um, but I, mean, I, I, thought, I thought she into, did good. It bleeds into the good. theme of, of, you know, 
your your family is the people that you choose to be close with, not the people that you're necessarily born to. Because people, there's a lot of people out there, you know. I'm just saying, physically know. speaking, I was I was willing yeah, to buy I, that they were I all actually. Related. I would have also agreed that that they could have passed for a biological family in a film. Yeah, but. and like I thought, her character had this really interesting storyline that wasn't really discussed verbally, which was she was like so enamored by David Harbor, like every time she looked at him, she's like. Like, oh, keep keep speaking gospel. Like, you're so amazing. And, like, everyone else looks at him like he's, like, like they're exasperated. Like, shut up, man. And, like, yeah, she, for some reason, just ate his stuff up and just totally, like, glorified him. You know what I mean? And, like, I thought that was such a funny, um, you know, portrayal that, that she had. And, like, you know, I was, I was she had a weird that. She had a weird dichotomy where she was, like, super loving and, like, nurturing. But then she's like just letting the pig die at her feet. And it's just like, I don't understand. I think it spoke to her training. Like she just like accepts that there's just a role she has to play and that there's going to be collateral damage, right? Like the kind of research that she literally has to do to continue to provide value requires her to, to be a little heartless at times. And yet she had this soft spot. All four of them did for this time in their lives that they got to pretend that their lives were something better. You know what I mean? David Harbour was the most interesting because he didn't seem like back then that he really cared. Like it seemed like Rachel Weiss in those scenes during that three years of them in Ohio, it seemed like she genuinely had emotion for the girls and like genuinely was concerned, you know, when she was talking to David behind that wall when she's like, oh my gosh, is it time? You know, like there was genuine moments from her where later on when it's revealed that she did care about that time span and it wasn't just a job for her, I was able to buy that. David Harbour, on the other hand, like when it shows them land in like Cuba or wherever they're at and he's just like able to like flip out of it and be like, I can't wait to get back to work. And then all of a sudden he's like, hold on, let me talk her down because she's got the gun. And he walks over to her and he like flips right back into dad role. Later when he was like, it did matter to me. I'm like, I'm having a harder time buying it because you were able to so quickly flip and flip out of it. Whereas Rachel Weiss seemed like she actually cared. Sure. Sure. Let me, let me ask um, you this, Tyler. There's yeah. a lot of different geniuses in the Marvel Universe. Who do you think was developing the mind control drug for America? For um, uh, they said it was. Who did they say it was? I don't didn't know. they? Did they say a name? They didn't say it was Roxxon or anything, did they? Don't think so. No, they said it was a shield thing, but then they said it was a Hydra thing, and then they said it was a shield thing. Um, in the eighties, or was it the nineties? And uh, Reed Richards. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know um evil geniuses and do you have an idea of someone that I you don't. wanted to throw no, out I was, yeah i, I don't curious. know i'm trying to think of a villain who would be coming up with mind control stuff i mean purple man jessica jones <laughs> um i yeah i really don't know um but that being said um i don't know did it i i as far as the story, I feel like what, what what is the guy who played the bad guy in this? Bors from from your favorite King Arthur movie. Um, goddamn, I don't know. His, I don't know. His yeah, I don't know. His, I don't know the actor's name either. That actor did nothing in this movie. I feel like I was like, oh, he's going to be like a big bad. This is going to be cool. And then I, it was just nothing. And I was like, oh, okay, so you're Dude. dumb. Watching whole, the point of this character is I was I was waiting for them to have some kind of an explanation for how Drake Alvin and his daughter survived the blast. But like watching the footage from that blast, it's like, yo, both of those guys are dead. Like, what the fuck? 
Where he's like, oh, you blew my daughter's face off. And I was like, nah, she dropped an entire building on you guys. If you were actually in that room, then you guys were both fucking dead. Like, there's no way that that while, while the damage was um, substantial to the daughter, that's not what that explosion would have done. I don't know. Uh, Ray Winstone is that actor's name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that and, means. I don't know what that. Yeah, and and for it's, him to have no no marks at all after surviving the same explosion five feet away from his daughter, I don't know. Strange. Yeah, but they didn't have any explanation for that. Yeah, I was waiting. Yeah, there were some like, oh, plot holes the... that I didn't get really. Um, like, like I why said, show it... that? Why show that and then not be willing to explain like what? that he saw it come in and somehow tricked her? You know, that, how hard would that be to be right. like? Like, you think I didn't know? You think I didn't know that day? Right. You know, like, unfortunately, I didn't realize my daughter was going to show up five minutes early or something. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he could, they could explain that away so fast. Sure. And yet they just ignore it. And then I, we're left wondering, like, how the fuck did he get out of that situation? Um. Yeah. I don't know. Ray Winstone. I don't know what. Yeah. I didn't really feel like it was another. They brought in a big name and then or relative, you know, relatively big name. And then, and then he dies really off screen, too. And then he yeah. dies oh, off no, screen they, too, or we're, we're assuming, right? We we see the build the he's in the helicopter when it explodes, and we see that his glasses get blown off. So and we it's see the same him. helicopter. He definitely gets evaporated. Or, and it's you know. the same helicopter that Natasha dives through when she's got the parachute over her shoulder, right? No, I think that there were multiple hmm. helicopters. Because the helicopter she dove through was was empty, and I was like, wait, weren't there a bunch of people dying in there? No, um, I think it's a different one. I did hmm. like so. That actually brings me to my next question. It may be one that we can wrap up the uh, conversation on. Um, well, did you guys have a favorite scene that you want to talk about at all? Can you like something that you could think of? I think one of my favorites was the uh, the skydiving. I, I genuinely was just like, oh, this is pretty fun. Although it did feel like they were in the air for a long time. Um, I don't she, know, like, Brian. You've been skydiving before. How long, How much time are you in the air? Are you guessing? Oh yeah, I forgot you did go skydiving. Um, hell yeah, I did. I just don't remember Scarlett Joe being there. Um, how long was I in the air for? Uh, it was probably a sixty-second fall. Oh wow, there's no like, time at all. No, maybe maybe not even. Maybe like the actual free fall was more like thirty seconds, forty-five huh. seconds. You fall fast, dude. You're at yeah. terminal velocity after a couple, you know, like a second yeah. or two. Like so, they must have been either way too high because. The, I mean, our atmosphere is only what five miles high, and before and and even then, the top two miles I think don't have enough um, oxygen for ships to stay afloat. Because uh, right. then you start reaching the outer atmosphere. So I don't know how high you were when you guys jumped, but I'm guessing they didn't have that. Fl- I mean, they were in the air for minutes. So they were in the yeah, air they- for a long time. I mean, they land on a panel and then stand there looking at each other for a minute. Um, which yeah, I, they fell for I liked the idea amount, so. of it, but it was it was a bit ridiculous. I did like that scene quite a lot. Um, the scene where uh, she enters the apartment in uh, bank in where where are they? Not in Morocco, maybe. No, um, but Buda, Budapest. Oh yeah, Budapest. Um, I thought that that fight scene between her and her sister was fun, um, where they're like perfectly mirroring each other. Um, I think all the, the scenes with David, David Harbour were the were the, the funniest. Yeah, yeah, and I also th- like I said, I think he and Florence stole the show, 
Florence's the whole thing where she was kind of calling out the dramatic stuff, like the landing, the posing, like the posing yeah. was very funny. Um, very funny when she's whipping her hair back in that store. She's like, and she's what, like, what, what is, is this thing you do? What is this? What yeah, is and this? she was like totally <laughs> mimicking it. I was cracking up because I was like, dude, you're nailing that. Like that's hilarious. And then she shows it yeah. later. Like that that stuff I very much enjoyed. Um, the uh, yeah, and then the David Harbor stuff. I think he just that guy's awesome. He's yeah. he's hard to look away from when he's in the scene. He's very funny and uh, just charming. Yeah, I, I do like him quite a lot. Excited for Stranger Things season four. Apparently, we're getting a trailer soon, so that'll be cool. Um, yeah, I think we can wrap it up there. Anyone have any final? Oh, uh, we should probably talk about the post credit scene. Uh, full uh, uh, accountability here. I did not stay to watch the po- the full credit scene or pa- post credit scene because I had to pee so bad. Um, but also. I, I literally haven't stayed for a post credit scene in I, I don't even know how many years. Maybe just for like the big like Avengers movie, like Infinity War I stayed to watch. And, give us you know, give us a summary of the post credit scene and let's talk about it. Okay, so apparently it opens with um Yelena at Natasha's gravesite at a cemetery. Um she has a dog with her and um She's there, and then Julia Louis Dreyfus shows up. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, as shown in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is playing Madame Hydra, uh, which is her name in the comics. I'm not; she has a, a longer name than that, but I'm I don't know it. Valerina Contessa, the Contessa, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. She's a bad. She's a bad guy from. She's like the bad Nick Fury. Um, she shows up, and she's like. Uh, makes a joke about being allergic to the Midwest and then um, says, I have your next target and hands Yelena an iPad. And it's a picture of Hawkeye. And we know that Yelena is in Hawkeye already. So it looks like he'll be having to fight against her, which is exciting. Um, But I did have a, I did have a thought because we saw that um, Madame Hydra is, you know, has her version of Captain America, the U.S. agent, at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now she has her version of the Black Widow. Is she making a Thunderbolts team? Be awesome. So Brian, uh, Jeff, explain to Brian what Thunderbolts is, or to the Thunderbolts is a uh, superhero team that is created and for the sole purpose of taking down the Avengers if they ever had to, and. Uh, and a couple different uh, it's all iterations. Villains. It's yeah, it's it's villains and or antiheroes, and in a couple different iterations, you know, they've actually taken control and actually become like a Sinister Six type actual supervillain team. And other ones, they actually go out and do like antihero superhero antics and help save the world. Um, yeah, God, they're gonna have to be careful with that because I'm gonna have a real hard time with a Thor level being being taken down by Natasha. Like I just think that the Avengers so far has done a really good job of drawing a line between that. And they actually talk about it in the movie in the, in the black widow where she's like, I highly doubt that any of your buddies coming out of the sky or whatever need to pop a ibuprofen yeah, after a fight. God. Space yeah, gods. Yeah. Space God. And like, to me, they've done a great job of separating them. Even when they're on the same battlefield, Thor's off smashing 50 at a time. Whereas, you know, Natasha and black uh, and Hawkeye are off in a corner fucking holding their own with a few, you know, at a time. And it's like, I think you have to have that separation because if you got a team that's just a souped up, um, you know, what's the fake Captain America guy? 
Jonas uh, Agent. U.S. Agent, yeah. And then you got Florence Poog, and then you got, you know, whatever. Like, and then you got Natalie Portman coming down with Mjolnir. Like, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, but you can't. You're not going to be able to take this person down. Like, there's no way you can explain to me how you can stop they do the have Hulk. You can stop a Thor to, being. Um, that because Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, who we saw in this movie, is the Red Hulk in the Thunderbolts. Um, so he's the Hulk answer and, you know, could also, you know, at least hold Thor off for a minute. Um, they, uh, they do do like God tier bad guys in there too. Also. So you say, do you? So anyway, um, (laughs) yes, I, I get where they, they'll have to address it, but like that to me, I like, I, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll have to see how the team assembles. And then like, as a casual fan that hasn't seen it, if like, I'll, they just, do I'll it. just, I'll just trust that they don't blow it if they do it. But you know, the other thing I'm struggling with is picture Natalie Portman in a fight scene, swinging Mjolnir around. Like I have no problem with the female taking that on, but she's like a little petite person. And like so what hot. we've seen from that, what we've seen from that role is a big old muscular dude swinging a hammer around. So now I'm going to have to pray that they have fight scenes that are believable enough with a five foot two, 120 pound person swinging Mjolnir around. I just hopefully they they find a way to pack the same punch. I'm sure she'll bulk up for it and like look ripped and you know whatever. Or maybe um, she'll just take it a different way, right? Yeah. So in the the Jason Aaron Lady Thor, uh, not Lady Thor, Mighty Thor comic book run, she has this ability to like throw Mjolnir and Mjolnir kind of acts like um, Yondu's whistle arrow so like the 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 hammer kind of like does kind of has like so Mjolnir has like a mind she can of like control own. it telepathically yeah she sort of or, she kind of it, like has like a suggestion of a guide for it so it can like it'll like have a, it'll like have a curve to it and stuff like that when she throws it and will like hit take out a whole circle of dudes around her and stuff it's pretty cool um so yeah, I'm interested to see. Honestly, I'm really interested to see what that that movie's going to be because Taika Waititi is doing it and he's saying that it's going to be ridiculous. But then the villain that they got is Gore the God Butcher, which is from like the first volume of Jason Aaron's Thor run, and that is not a character for a fun movie. Like it is like a depressing character who literally slaughters gods of all these has like ran through planets and universes and kills all the gods of those planets. You know, like it's a it's not like a fun, like silly character. <laughs> I guess Hella wasn't supposed to be either, and they found a way to make it funny. So um, let's uh, move on to suggestions. I know. We yeah, we I think we can wrap episode. it up. Overall, I thought it was a good movie. I hope that you, the listener at home, enjoyed it as well. If you didn't, let us know why, and we will uh, we discuss. will read it out. Yeah, we'll discuss it and decide if we uh, if we care. Um, cool uh recommendations go i watched the big lebowski finally uh tyler's been riding me for the last uh couple months when he found out that i have never seen it before so i finally went and watched it i i'm pretty sure i said it once on this podcast and have not said it anything since but you said okay five times every time it comes up or that i order a white russian you you get mad that i haven't seen it anyway um so i watched it it was entertaining i really liked the first two thirds the third act i i, I the climax i would have gone a different direction but it was entertaining um uh what else i read the first volume of matt fraction and david aha's uh, hawkeye 
which I actually really enjoyed. It was. Uh, was Had you never surprised. read it? Mm-mm. Oh, dude, so good. I'm pretty sure that's what they're gonna base the Hawkeye mo- TV show off of. Yeah, so. they've already got. They've already. There's already footage of of Lucky the Pizza Dog and uh, and yeah. So it looks, looks really good. Everything, yeah. Cool. So it's uh, yeah. it's super exciting. I, like I'm looking forward to that show and and uh, looking forward to reading the rest of that run. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Just uh, not keeping up with uh, my weekly shows. What about you guys, uh, Brian? Uh, I know we got about three minutes before this call expires, so I can leave it to one. Um, I am just giving an update. Still reading the Brandon Sanderson first novel. Uh, my iPad tells me I'm about 30% of the way through. That is a big ass book. So I am, uh, chugging away. Um, and it's really good. I usually like when I turn the TV off at night, I'll throw it on for a chapter or two. And then when I start nodding off, I turn it off. So nice and slow, uh, just getting through it. It's a really good book. I'll, I'll be able to give a better recap when I finish. Yeah. Um, and I watched, uh, the tomorrow war and no sudden move. Both mm, of those came out war. last weekend. I, saw tomorrow I thought it, I thought it was okay. Like it was, I it, thought was it was good. Yeah, it was really Edge good. of Tomorrow, but with uh, Chris Pratt instead of Tom Cruise. That was it. They had a really, they had a really interesting. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep because I know we're up on time. But um, I the uh, they had a really interesting um, like framework for like how they presented it because it seemed like the biggest climactic scene happened in the middle of the film, which I yeah, thought was kind of cool. Like, actually, you don't see that very often. No, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, no sudden move was a genuinely good. Um, like mystery detective style 1950s noir uh story uh and uh has a great cast and david harbour's in that as well and he was great um otherwise um yeah let's let's Uh, wrap it there i know this time i think we just got a warning saying this calls yeah no we're good um we're gonna wrap it up uh thank you so much for listening if you want to get in touch with us we are um clever kids podcast at gmail.com or at clever kids pod on instagram um get in touch with us let us know what you thought of black widow um and uh if you saw anything that you think we should talk about in our next episode um otherwise yeah thanks for listening and we'll uh see you next week thanks guys thanks everyone